You're listening to the Piston Podcast, the motoring podcast for the motoring enthusiasts, presented by me, Daniel Axerhouse. Listen whilst folding washing, doing your day-to-day commute, or even whilst you're faffing around trying to change your exhaust. Whatever you're doing, I promise to make your day a little less boring, with some fun and interesting motor talk. Anyway, engage launch control, it's time for the Piston Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 4 of the Piston Podcast, recorded today, sunny Sunday, on the 27th of September 2020. The Piston Podcast, if you're new, welcome. If you're a regular listener, welcome back. The Piston Podcast is the number one, well, in my head anyway, motoring podcast for the motoring enthusiast. So if you've just tuned in and pressed play onto this podcast you're stuck now for the next half hour or so because as usual I've got a filled podcast for you all talking about track cars mainly uh, but also talking about luxury cars I've been in this week and just random chats really random motor talk as it said in the intro of this podcast remember you can follow me on social media that's twitter and instagram and anywhere else you might find me, I don't really know, at Daniel Carzo 5 But if you go to the description of this podcast, it'll be there as well, so you can you can see it if you forget by the end of the podcast. Um, now, just before we get started, remember, if you're on that platform, I think it, it, on iTunes it works like this, subscribe to the Piston Podcast and leave a positive review. That'll be greatly appreciated. Or if you're on Spotify, do whatever you do on Spotify. If you're on Amazon Music, I'm new to Amazon Music, actually, this podcast, um, do whatever you do over there. I think you can follow the Piston Podcast. I'm not so sure. But all of the support is greatly appreciated and it basically helps the podcast climb up the automotive chart, uh, which at one point, at one point, actually beat Mike Brewer's podcast. So that was quite an achievement. But anyway, enough promotional nonsense until the end of the podcast. Let's kick off this week with some interesting motoring news. All of the news that has been circulating the internet this week since episode three last week. So let's kick off with this. Um, the entry-level Opel Mokka has um, been uh, <laughs> has been revealed. Now when Opel slash Vauxhall revealed the new Mokka, the electric Mokka and the normal Mokka, people were like, oh my word, that is absolutely amazing. But the uh, entry-level Mokka doesn't look as good. Now it's got plastic trim, it's a bit more uh, typical Vauxhall-y really. It's a bit dull, it's a bit strange. So really, if you want a Mokka, then have money and get a higher spec, is what I'm going to say, because it looks a bit weird when it's a bit base like that. I'm not really sure. California is to ban gas-powered cars, that's petrol, diesel, and maybe hybrid, that might be on the list, by 2035. Now, it was on the British News, it's going to be around then as well. It's either 2030 or 2035, I think it's 2030. So an executive order has been signed by the Californian governor, Gavin Newsom, um, and it will outlaw the sale of all new internal combustion passenger vehicles by 2035. That's not long away if you think about it. It's 15 years. So that's 15 years where car companies like Tesla really got to work really hard to make electric cars for the people. But also by then, electric cars will be easier to buy secondhand. Hopefully. Hopefully. Now, this has been in the uh, news massively this week, all over Twitter, all over Instagram, blah, blah, blah. And it's BMW, because they released some new vehicles, I should say, not just cars. They reviewed their new BMW M3, which looks pretty amazing, even with the big grille at the front. And the new BMW M4. A bit more controversial, it was in the news again. Well, I say news, not like Sky News, but auto car and all of that have 
few weeks ago now, and I actually put on my social media saying, am I the only one that actually doesn't mind the big grill, the kidney grill, as they call it? Um, and some people like it, and some people don't. But what people have been saying is seeing the kidney grill in person actually looks a lot better than on the photographs. Um, and then there's certain people that say it looked better if you remove the registration. But then again, I disagree. The registration does look nice on it, especially a German registration, because uh, these press photographs have... Deutschland registration plates. So, to be honest, the new M3 and M4, I think they look great. Uh, the M3 previous generation looks fantastic. The M4 maybe not so much. I mean, my friend Matt has been on the show multiple times now. He hates the M4, but this new one, he's got wait, he's got yet to see uh, what he thinks of it. Um, but it wasn't just that because they've also, if you're into motorbikes, um, they've released a new motorbike. Now, you may know the SS1000. Uh, SS SS one thousand R, I think it's called, uh, RR, I think it is. I don't really know. It's all letters. Well, they've released the first ever BMW M BMW Motorsport motorcycle. So it's called the BMW M one thousand RR. I think that's what it's called. Yes, it is. Um, and it looks staggering. But I've got no doubt it's going to be a bit of a death trap. I think it's about one hundred ninety-two horsepower, two hundred seventeen kilograms, and it revs up to like fifteen thousand. RPM, so I can just imagine it's a bit of a death trap. So there we go. Um, what else has been going on in the car news? Tesla and Land Rover have been named to the most unreliable car brands in the world. Now that is unusual because Tesla and Land Rover make some of the more expensive cars, and yet they're not the most reliable. Now I- I've heard a lot of stories about this before. Tesla with their electric problems, which is Funny, actually. Uh, well, not funny, because it can cause a lot of problems, but it's just weird how an electric car brand can have problems with its electrics. Uh, <laughs> and it's not even Italian, which is a surprise. But um, there's been stories of autopilot failing or whatever, things happening. So Tesla's maybe aren't so reliable. Model 3 is all right, but the Model X and the S, I think, are not very good. And Land Rover, you know about them, that they've had a few problems, electrical problems again, and some engine problems, and it's not cheap when something does go wrong. So... There we go, really. Um, the stunning Polestar Precept is going into production. There's a picture here, and it looks very, very pretty, actually. I think Polestar are relatively new to the party. Polestar is basically Volvo's sub-brand, uh, fully electric cars. And they all managed to look really good. Now, when I went to Goodwood last year, 2019, um, i never really heard of Polestar. I think I could probably say that. Not many people did. But I saw the Polestar um, showroom pop-up thing, so I went inside and I was very impressed, very impressed by the quality of their cars, what they look like, and when when they're going up the Goodwood Hill, what they sound like, Um, which is unusual, but I think electric cars sound wonderful, I just do, I like the buzzing and the whistling, it's just nice, isn't it? Um, uh, What else has been going on? Audi has unveiled the new Q5 Sportback. Now, I was watching Johnny Smith, also known as Car Pervert's latest, not latest, one of his later videos, um, about the new e-tron sportback. Don't search up what e-tron reads in French, it's rude. I think it means turd. Um, but the new e-tron, e-tron sportback has been unveiled. It's now on the roads. And a sportback, basically what it is, it's got a slim roof line at the back, a bit like a BMW X6. Makes it a bit less practical, maybe a bit more aerodynamic. But some cars it looks terrible, like the X6, and some cars it looks decent, like the new e-tron Sportback. Um, but there is there is actually a benefit with the e-tron Sportback, and it, it, you get a bit higher WLTP range. 
Uh, don't ask me what WLTP means. World, something or other. <laughs> Just trying to sound clever at this point. But, um, yeah, it's interesting. It's an interesting car. Um, we'll leave that debate to the listeners. Um, let's scroll down this page, if it would load up. There we go. Um, the Rolls-Royce Ghost has been extended. Uh, the wheelbase has been extended, so there's an extended wheelbase. Rolls-Royce Ghost on the way. And it's nearly seven inches longer. So, good luck. Um, I mean, sorry, not good luck. Good news if you are an executive special person, you can have one of them. Nice. Uh, a Porsche 911 GT2 RS has hit a minivan at over 120 miles per hour on a highway. And the little quote here is, that's not going to buff out. No, it isn't. No, 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 not at all. It's a bright orange Porsche 911, um, and it's hit a car at over 120 miles an hour, very quick, in the middle lane. Um, didn't end up very well, did it? Not too good. Um, Ford has added an STX Special Edition model to the Ranger XL trim for 2021. So, this adds value and style to the base 2021 Ford Ranger XL trim. So, that's interesting. It's a bit more of a bog-standard one, but it still looks good. Blackened stuff, blackened trim. Looks decent. Looks looks alright, really. We'll give him that. Mercedes-AMG has unveiled a sporty-looking roof box. Now... Roof boxes are controversial. So you like, I actually really like them. I do think any car looks good, and then you put a roof box on it, and it looks extra good. Now, I'm following somebody on Twitter. I think his name is Autopap. Uh, go follow. Um, and he's got a Porsche 911 GT3, and he put a roof box on it to go way up to Scotland, and it looks, it just looked amazing. Really, really good. But this new aerodynamic uh, roof box that Mercedes-AMG have designed... Does look really nice actually, um, but I can only imagine how much that's gonna cost. Probably quite a bit of money, um, but there we go. Um, Ferrari have made another one-off creation, and it's called the Omo Logata, and it's based on the 812 Superfast, and it looks fantastic, really good. As with a lot of Ferraris at the moment, I do think they're cracking it. Uh, maybe a bit better than Lamborghini, maybe because I think the Hurricane Evo looks a bit funny, maybe. And the Aventador SVJ looks a bit weird. Not very good, in my opinion. Uh, Volvo has released the pricing for the refreshed 2021 uh, 2021, V90 and S90 models. So, the S90 plug-in hybrid, which is a plug-in hybrid, never guessed, um, gets a... Um, $3,150 price drop and refresh styling, so cars are getting cheaper, which is good for the buyers, not for the sellers. Um, the new Ford Bronco has gone into production, that is good news, and we're going to finish it there. That is it for car news for now, because we are going to go on to the car review of this week. And the car in question this week is the Xenos E10S. And the, there's a big reason for that. And the reason is, I went in one yesterday, and oh my lord, was it amazing. There is a full video review and drive coming to mine and my friend Matt's YouTube channel, All Things Auto. So subscribe, be ready for that video. And basically, we went out for a drive in it, uh, me and the owner, and it is incredible. So, so incredible. We'll talk about how it drives a bit later on. We're going to get the boring specification bit out of the way. Price, when it was new, about £27,000, but not anymore, because Xenos is no more, unfortunately. The engine is a 2-litre turbocharged engine, 
petrol engine from a Ford Focus ST, so it's a Ford EcoBoost engine, located in the rear, mid-engined, yes, rear-wheel drive, brake horsepower, 250 brake horsepower, which means it's 300 brake horsepower per tonne, and it weighs 720 kilograms. Comes with a five-speed manual gearbox, which feels very clunky, very track car-y. Torque, 400 newton meters of torque, 0 to 60 in just four seconds. Feels a lot quicker than that, trust me. Top speed, 145 miles per hour, um, and it's two-seater, and believe it or not, no doors to make everything a bit more lighter. Now, the Xenos E10S was made um, during 2015 and 2016 until Xenos went bust. Um, it was hardly surprising, really. They just went a bit downhill. Just didn't have the money to keep it going, unfortunately. Not like Lotus and stuff like that, but yeah. Um, pros and cons. Pros, it's so fun. We'll come to that later on. It's terrifying. We'll also come to that. Uh, that is a pro for some reason. Silly me. And the price. It's, it's an alright price for the car. It is really. It's a track car, so it's never going to be blisteringly cheap. But that's alright. It's better than some of the other track cars on sale. Cons, the build quality is pretty dire. Things rattle and come off in your hand. It's not fantastic at all. Uh, Xenos is no more, which means servicing can be a bit more challenging. But um, there is a company down the road from me called ABB Motorsport. And th that is where the owner of this E10S I went and takes his car. And he said that basically there's no problem with Xenos being no more because ABP just know what they're doing with that car because they've just got experience with it. So it's maybe not the end of the world. And another con, it's a bit of a toy. Uh, and I've put toy um, in inverted commas, um, suggesting that it isn't, isn't a toy. Um, it's basically, it doesn't, it's just a bit unusual. It's a car that you can't really use all of the time, obviously. It's a track car, you wouldn't want to. Same with the Caterham, blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, it's unusual. But let's just go back to this build quality thing, because everything on it is so plasticky. Me and my friend Matt found one soft-touch material, and that was where your arm goes. Uh, the seats are very firm, but it's a track car. Heated seats, so which was a surprise. Now, what it was it? What was it like to actually be in? Um, obviously, it's an EcoBoost engine, so the engine noise isn't massively incredible, but the turbo noise is phenomenal, utterly phenomenal. It's really, really loud. Really deafens you when you're not wearing a helmet, because yes, you do have to wear a helmet. Uh, in the one we were anyway, because didn't have a windscreen. Mm. No windscreen, no roof. Yesterday, 10am in the freezing cold. Yes, in a Xenos E10 around the lanes. But yeah, it is really fun, because it just sends you back. I was trying to film it, and it was just almost impossible. I'm going to have to do some voiceovers as well, because I just went a bit unconscious. <laughs> but yeah, it's a really, really amazing car. Very fun. But on the flip side, it is terrifying. Um, I don't think I've ever felt so vulnerable and ever... I don't think I've ever felt like I'm going to die so much in a car, uh, apart from the Xenos E10S. I mean, there's no airbags, there's no window. If you hit a reindeer or something... Well, not a reindeer. God, if you not hit a reindeer. If you hit a deer or you hit a horse or something, it's just going to go straight towards you. There's nothing stopping it. Uh, and the crumple zone basically is you. Um, but... What's interesting about crashes in that car, if there is anything interesting, is that Xenos have managed to make it a bit cheaper to repair than, say, a Lotus. And the reason is because the pushrod suspension, Piston Podcast is getting very technical, the pushrod suspension is actually in the middle. So it's right in the middle, uh, going along the car, or down the car rather, a bit. Um, which basically means if you have a shunt in the corner, you're not going to have to replace a full suspension set up, just part of the axle and the wheel and the brakes, and that is it. 
which makes it a bit easier to deal with than Lotus, which may need a full rebuild, which is a lot of money. So well done to Xenos with that. But what I find quite uh, unusual again, which is quite cool, is to get to these springs and to get to the engine, you've actually got to uh, use the key and actually take off the cover, which weighs literally less than a bag of sugar. Um, just every single panel on that car is not only so easy to take on and off and to replace, it's so, so light, and that means you can get the 720 kilo weight tag. It's really, really incredible. Fantastic car. I'm going to give it a Piston Podcast rating of 5 out of 5, um, because I've been in one, and it was the most fun I've had in a long time. Another car I went in this week was a Bentley Continental GT, and it was a new one, part of another review. Uh, great week this week, apart from now, which I'm feeling a bit ill, I don't know if you can tell by my voice, not COVID, probably, it's probably tonsillitis or something, another car I went in was a Bentley Continental GT, and I think I'm going to review that next week, uh, I've got a few cars i got to review, until I can review the day room it is, so I'm crying inside, because part of me wants to review the Bentley, but more of me wants to review a little day woo. Um, which is quite funny, isn't it, really? So, yeah, if the Zen RC-10S isn't for you, then I'm going to do a top 10 list of lightweights, as stated in the title. So, at number 10 is the current question, the Zen E10. So, not the S, just the E10. Uh, at number 9 is the Westfield Sport 250. Westfield is a company that tunes uh, Catrums, I think. Well, they look like Catrums, anyway. At number 8 is the Lotus 311. At number 7 is the Elemental RP1. At number six is Delara Stradale, which is sort of Goodwood. Great looking thing. It's on Top Gear as well. At number five is the Morgan Three Wheeler. At number four is the BAC Mono. At number three is the Aerial Nomad. At number two is the Catrum 7310R. And at number one, just guess. You guess it right. It's the Aerial Atom 4, which is phenomenal. But um, personally, I wouldn't go. Yeah, this is going to where it's going to get interesting. I don't think I'd go for any of them on the list. I wouldn't like to own a track car like a Xenos, like a Catrum, like a Delara, like a Lotus. I just wouldn't because you just, you wouldn't be able to use them as much as say if you spent your money on let's say something a bit less track focused but a bit more usable. Let's say a um maybe a Mazda MX-5. Um, fast one with load of engine tweaks, maybe, so it doesn't hang about. Maybe that's maybe you can't really compare them. Um, trying to think of something I'd rather go for, uh, which sort of fits the criteria. Maybe. Do you know what? I'm not really sure. But a car like a Xenos, it's very very nice. But you just, it's it's a car you get out about three weekends a year, unless you're a bit mad in the head. So it's a bit funny. It's not maybe usable, but that's not what the car's about. It's not meant to be a daily. Uh, God, if it was, that'd be a bit unusual. But there we go. Now, My Way or Highway. My Way or Highway, if you're new, is a segment where I do a bit, basically a bit of a, a road of the week, where I talk about a road or a track, in some cases. And you can either take My Way, which is the road or track I talk about, or you can simply bog off and take the highway, as I say. So this week, it is the Cat and the Fiddle. Um, which is located in Macclesfield in Cheshire, near to me actually, about an hour away. Uh, and it's formed by parts of the A537, the A54 and the A53. It's a very popular road with motorcyclists, and actually me and my granddad went round Cat and the Fiddle uh, on his Triumph Bonneville America, um, which was very nice. Um, but here, I've, I've written down as well, it's actually known as the most dangerous road in the UK, which maybe isn't the most 
fantastic claim. And there is a very popular video online of a motorcyclist on the wrong side of the road, tries to dodge a car, and basically goes down a 10-foot bank. Um, not too good. And it is a dangerous road, yes, but only for a Muppet. But even if you are driving sensibly, there can be the other Muppet coming the other way that will just ruin not only your drive, but the rest of your life. So, these roads are funny. I mean, you see, going round Horseshoe Pass, which I talked about weeks ago, uh, probably months now, you see, like, little crosses and little memorials at each corner, and you just think, oh, God, that's really sad. So, that's the only problem with these roads, really. Just drive safe is what I'm asking for, and obey the law. Uh, sometimes. Sometimes it's okay to maybe exceed it a bit. I'm not, I'm not recommending it, of course. Can't hold me responsible. But, um, yeah. Just drive safe, really, around these roads, because they are unsafe, and things do happen. You just got to remember that. Now, let's um, talk... I want to talk about our Fiat Panda, which I talk about every single week. If you if you don't know, we own a Fiat Panda 100 HP, along with a Renault Scenic Diesel, but we don't really talk about that. Pictures on my social media are actually Daniel Carzo 5, so go, ch- go check it out over there. It was a bit of a star, because it took us on holiday with two bikes... Four people, a dog, and a load of luggage. It's an amazing car. Well, today we did a bit of work to it. Uh, we've had a few problems, sadly, uh, the past week or so. Nothing mechanical, though. My brother decided to rip off the sun visor, which wasn't too good. Um, so we've, we're trying to get a new sun visor in order. And actually, that was pretty much it. It's just the sun visor, really. So I'm probably exaggerating it. But a while back we bought, because it's got one of them pipe across air filters... The um, reusable ones where you just clean it with a special foam, put it back in, uh, which basically caused a bit more harm than good, and it's maybe not as good as a paper filter. And we also bought, um, yeah, we bought the cleaning stuff for that, rather, and then we also bought some new spark plugs, four spark plugs, four cylinder, obviously, and we fitted them all today. We fitted them all, it's all very good, but then we broke one of the coil packs uh, that goes on top of the spark plug, alternative to HT leads, if you don't know your technical stuff. So, there's a Fiat Panda 100 HP. He's put Abarth in the title, which annoys me a bit, because it's not really an Abarth. Um, he's put... There's a guy breaking one, taking one apart and selling it on eBay. So we've asked for a rear badge, Panda 100 HP, because ours was debadged. Four coil packs, and we've asked for... Um, what was it? What was it? What was it? A passenger sun visor, which my brother broke off. Um... Very idiotic, I know. So we're waiting for him to reply back. But after we did the work today, this evening, this evening rather, about an hour ago, we went for a little blast. Very good. Obviously no traction control or anything, so my dad managed to ish ruin the tyres by doing about a five-second wheel spin. But oh well. <laughs> it's all fun and games, isn't it, until flat tyre occurs or something like that. But it's a fantastic car. I mean, I've been in a Bentley this week um, doing a, a steady 70 mile an hour. I've been in a Xenos E10S doing a steady 60 mile an hour, all speed limits, I promise. Um, and at the end of the week, I can go in a little Fiat Panda 1.4 and have a lot of fun still. It's just a very, very impressive car all round, and it's really fun. It's just a great car. If you get a chance to go one, just do it. Now, moving away from the Panda, because this week is a special week. Um, or it would have been if I wasn't this ill. Because on Tuesday, it is my birthday. This podcast comes out on the Monday, so it's the next day after this podcast is released on the 29th of September. 15 I am, feeling old, feeling very old. Two years until I can drive, and who knows whether I'll still be doing this podcast. Maybe, maybe not. Depends how life goes, I suppose, with other plans. Two years until I can drive. How do I feel? I feel like it's going to be quite a long two years. 
But if I think about it, two years ago I was about 12 turning 13, and that doesn't feel a long time ago at all. So if we keep up that rate, it's maybe not going to be so bad. Hmm. But I have got a bit of a dream. Um, it's ridiculous. People are trying to take me off it off Twitter. It's just it's not really working. I've got a bit of a plan to maybe buy a Daewoo Matiz for about 150 quid. Something really cheap, three-cylinder, quite fun, bit idiotic, bit gopping. And just strip it and have fun and use that as a bit of a first car and then go on to the Panda. But I don't know. It might be easy to just go straight to the Panda. But that's a bit of a childhood dream of mine. Get a Daewoo Matiz, Daniel's Daewoo, and just rag it and drive into the sunset. I don't know. I'm getting a bit dreamy here, aren't I? But yeah, 15 I am. Uh, can't believe it. It's very special. I know. Very special age. 14 does sound a bit young. Uh, but then again, so it's 15. Um, but there we go. That is it, really. Uh, trying to think of anything else I need to talk about on the pod. Podcast. Let me have a look. I've got my phone out now. So I'm going to have a look on my camera roll, which I often do. Um, I actually wonder if I could play a video into the microphone of the Xenos actually setting off. Um, let me try and get one on my phone. It's probably going to sound really awful, but I'll try my best. So this is the Xenos E10S setting off, and the owner did it in a bit of an exuberant way. Hope you can hear it. There we go, it's off. Hopefully you heard that. If you didn't, and it was just utter cack, then I am sorry. Um... But there we go, you heard that right. Four reviewers coming to All Things Auto soon. The YouTube channel, which has just hit 100 subscribers. Thank you dearly. Um, so yeah, a bit more promo stuff, and then we'll pick it up, I think. We'll wrap it up, rather. Uh, and then I'm going to go downstairs, have a bit of dinner, and have a relaxing evening. Uh, next weekend, Top Gear starts. So I'm not going to talk about it next week on the podcast, because I'll record it a few hours before Top Gear, because uh, otherwise it's just never going to be out for Monday morning. Um... So the week after that, episode f- six already of series two, um, I'll talk about Top Gear to a bit of a review, as I did on the radio last year, uh, when I was on the radio, where I were a lad. But there we go. Remember to follow me on social media at DanielCars05 for more random topics I may talk about. I do a bit obsessed with Twitter, I am at the moment, and Instagram, posting a lot of random twaddle behind-the-scenes footage from All Things Auto. It's very exciting. Remember, the Piston Podcast lands on your preferred pod provider, whether it's Amazon, iTunes, Spotify, Podchaser, I don't know where it is. It's everywhere, blooming everywhere. Every single Monday, uh, without fault, unless I'm dying like I am now, uh, I'm going to come off camera. Come come off camera. Come off the podcast. Probably have a massive sneeze, um, because I need it. I've tried to be holding it in. Um... But there we go. I didn't think I'd make it to the end of this podcast, but I did. So I would put a round of applause in, but I can't because it'll be copyright and very wrong. And if I was to... I wonder if I can clap without without it sounding horrible. There we go. That's my clap to myself there. So thank you very much for listening. Remember to subscribe, blah, 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 do all the other bits. This is boring now. It's promotional nonsense. And stay safe, and I will see you next week for another podcast. Goodbye, everybody. You're listening to the Piston Podcast, the motoring podcast for the motoring enthusiasts, presented by me, Daniel Axerhouse. Listen whilst folding washing, doing your day-to-day commute, or even whilst you're faffing around trying to change your exhaust. Whatever you're doing, I promise to make your day a little less boring with some fun and interesting motor talk. Anyway, engage launch control. It's time for the Piston Podcast.